Welcome to Street Smart Business Leaders Powered by Clout. I'm Ishaan Ellis, CEO of Clout, a national public relations and marketing communications firm headquartered in Chicago. Our agency is dedicated to uncovering insights and cultural trends to help business leaders better understand today's consumer. We also invite some of the best minds in business to come on our show to share their insight and experiences. So if you're interested in becoming a guest on our show, stick around to the end of this podcast and I'll tell you how to become one. Welcome to another episode of uh, Street Smart Business Leaders Powered by Clout. I'm Michelle Ellis, CEO of Clout. We are a marketing PR agency headquartered out of Chicago. And we take the time to talk to industry experts and leaders. And today I have a special guest with me. His name is Richard Blank. He is CEO of Costa Rica Call Center. Richard, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, Ms. Sean, I'm so happy to be here. And I'm very happy to be able to share a ton of ideas with your street smart business leaders that are listening today. I love it, love it, love it, love it. So, so tell me about the call center. Uh, tell, me, tell me about the call center, then I want to dig into your, your background a little bit. But tell me about the Costa Rica call center. Well, Costa Rica's call center was started in October 4th of 2007, and I landed my first account February 6th of 2008. One seat, 50 hours, and after 14 years, we've grown to 150 full-time agents, and I own my own building. I got the largest collection of pinball machines and retro arcade machines in Central America. So Yeah, I was checking out the background, yeah. <laughs> yeah, besides being a call center, we do have a gamification culture here as well. That is fantastic. So, so how did you get into this space? It's a, it's a, it's an industry that's been around forever. Um, well, how did you get in the space? And, and uh, again, I want to talk about it. again. You're you're considered sort of a guru when it comes to telemarketing. So, so how did you get your start? Well, thanks, Michelle. Well, actually, no one really grows up and says, "Hey, mommy and daddy, I want to be an owner of a call center." If they do, then <laughs> I think we have to have a sit down chat with them. <laughs> but um, I did know this. When I graduated Abington High School in Northeast Philadelphia back in 1991, my, my favorite class was in Spanish. And unlike my friends that were going Ivy League, Michonne, and studying medicine and law and engineering and architecture, I doubled down on humanities and languages. So I, I went to University of Arizona and studied Spanish and communication. During college, I interned for Telemundo for two years doing promotions and public relations. Oh, wow. Postgrad, importers of Corona beer. So all of my jobs involved sales and Spanish. So I knew that I was marketable if I was the only one that could speak a second language with all of my friends. And so yeah, yeah. when I was 27, a really good friend of mine gave me the opportunity to come to Costa Rica for just two months and to teach English at his call center. Now, you know, I took that one in a million opportunity and Mishan, if you can get past your parents' guilt, you can live anywhere <laughs> in the world. So I decided to take my chance and, uh, two months turned into 22 years. And when I was at my friend's center, I didn't enter as a C-level exec. So I was really with the people. And being there for four years and seeing the good and the bad and the happy and the sad, I, I got to learn the business from the inside and out. And really, my friend, what I got to learn was how to enhance the experience at a call center for a telemarketer for the, for the agents and for the mm -hmm. clients. And that's why I decided in my mid thirties to throw my hat in the ring and start my own call center. That is fantastic. And so, so how's the industry changed or, or what's it again? I, I, and I may be thinking about telemarketing differently. I, I, you know, I think about, you know, 
when I was growing up, you know, you get the phone call of, hey, you know, we're, we're selling steak knives or, or that, that kind of thing. Uh, talk about the, the, the industry, how it's changed. You know, we, we live in this digital age now and it's kind of a, um, a, 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 a more mature approach of, of marketing. Uh, talk about how that works today, I guess. Course. Well, Nishan, if any of my agents ever call you during dinner, you have my permission never to be called. <laughs> <laughs> That's number one. Right. Uh, there's, there's a huge difference between the offshore call centers, which are India, Philippines, and the East, mm-hmm. compared to nearshore, which is my Central American call center, where I'm sure. north of Panama, south of Nicaragua. Now, a lot of the agents and have this sort of skill set where we can compete. Where in Costa Rica, a lot of the clients like the fact that we're close to the United States. Sure. We're on mountain time zone. We can speak Spanish, which, as you know, is a growing market in the United States. Yeah. Companies such as HP, Intel, Oracle, and Amazon are here. So obviously, these very large companies have faith in our infrastructure and our labor force. But what I've seen are a couple things since COVID. We've had to send by law, by the local labor laws, at least 50% of our agents home. We, we sent 75%. I could keep the agents here for PCI compliance, for credit card processing and sensitivity. Sure. I also do it for agents that are onboarding brand new, or maybe if something happens in their home regarding internet redundancy, a backup generator for electricity or immediate IT support, someone might need just to come here immediately and jump on a turnkey station. It's been good for us in regards to scalability because I don't keep looking for additional space. You know, I can put 300 agents here, but if it's virtual, I could just hire thousands. Yeah. But what, what I miss, Nishan, is I, I miss the camaraderie sometimes. The sure. essence of a brick and mortar call center is to break bread with them and walk the rows and to, and to really feed off of that synergy on the floor. So I think a lot of agents are missing that. It's I can work out by myself at home, but if you and I go to the gym, you know, we're pumping each other to get another yeah. five reps yeah. out, of, out of a oh, set. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of missing that, my man. And so um, that got taken away from me, but we've increased our communication with the agents from home. But, it, you know, once again, it, it's great for them in regards to transportation, saving time and money. But a lot of the call centers, you, you, you kind of lose that essence a little bit. But sure. um, but there are a lot of people, Michonne, that that earn a living through customer support. It just, it just doesn't have to be the boiler room, Glenn Gary, Wolf of Wall Street right. that, that you see. Um, right. There's a lot of friends of ours that, that earn a living through customer support, or if they don't even work in a call center, they might have to make outbound prospecting calls or calls may come in. So once again, it, it's not like what you see in the movies. That's just a very rare vertical, sure. that certain sort of assertiveness that may or may not be the right profile, the agent for the for the campaign, but no, for the most part, my friend, the, the, the campaigns we have here don't compromise ethics, values, and mores, and the agents are very happy with it and, and can fulfill the client's needs. And so so what's next uh, in, in your, your space or what's next for the company? Uh, any any uh, evolutions or any, any um, additions to the business? What do you what what do you see next for for your company? Well, not just for my company because I try to really give this service, but don't tell me that you've tried to contact 
other companies and all you get is omni-channel non-voice support where you have to oh fill out a God. form, oh you chat, yeah. look how frustrated you are there. Yeah. And then yeah. how about when you call into a company and you have to go through an IVR or just put in your information prior to speaking with someone, don't you usually just press zero and say, help, I'd like to... Every I'm, time, operator, every help, time. help, And so <laughs> I try to suggest to my clients that would like to either save money, streamline, or do things non-voice that, no, sir, because there's things that you and I, Michonne, are eliminating. Every time you speak to a client, okay, there's a very good chance of retention, so they're not going to leave you. You yeah. could upsell them. You might get a referral. Or yeah. worst case scenario, they're leaving you or the competition got their business, maybe through an exit interview, they'll take mm -hmm. the time to tell you areas of improvement or why the competition was superior. And so there are certain things that you could fill out a form prior to a phone call to save time. But if that is your only sort of communication with a client, I, I personally believe, Michonne, that you're reducing any sort of quality and relationship that you're building with your clientele base. I, I could not agree more. There's nothing better than uh, get, getting a live person on the phone. And, and you're right, liking it to my business. I, it, it's, it's always better when I can be in the room with the client, you know, and we can talk directly and, and have an interaction versus trying to communicate through, uh, through uh, email. That's true. And you're also missing the best part of a call center is a positive escalation. Because if I do a great job on the phone and someone asks to speak to a supervisor, usually you're like, uh oh, what'd we do? Oh, no, no. I want to tell Richard how great Michonne was on this call. And so these are the sort of things people can make money off of, gifts, promotions. But you were mentioning it. This, this is the sort of rapport building mm -hmm. and experiences that you can get with someone where there's not misinterpretations. And um, I don't know, Michonne, you seem like the kind of individual that really likes to bond with your clients and to take that extra five minutes to talk about an anniversary or somebody's education or where they were from. And so you, you, you put the checkbook away for a minute and you loosen your tie and you have real conversations with people. And I'm almost more than confident on that's why your business is growing because people realize that they're getting a friend not just a, a partner to work with them. And maybe that's old school. Maybe that's the way that you and I were raised. But what I like to do with people once again is to ask a lot of follow-up questions and not just run through a script or just you know to qualify you. I, I like to find out a little bit more about you. How are you doing with talent? So there's this, you know, we're all uh, in our own ways looking for, for talent, trying to retain talent. Uh, what are you doing that's special that uh, helps with your retention? It's a wonderful question. Multiple areas. Most of my attrition is natural. I was mentioning about Amazon. So I will lose somebody because of a scheduling conflict for their university closer to their home or their boyfriend or girlfriend works there. And that's cool. No one's ever going to say that they quit because you and I treated them poorly or didn't pay them. That's number one. Number two, in order to bring people in here and scale, a lot of the times I could bring in a hotshot that's got the experience, but they might be coming in with bad habits and they might be a jumper. So I prefer to have somebody that comes in here sometimes without call center experience. I can easily teach them the phone system and the CRM. They're coming in where I can mold them. And don't kid yourself, somebody that learns a second language, that's 10 times harder than any account 
that I'm gonna put them on. So they've already walking into my call center with structured discipline and some high cognitive skills. And I put that into perspective real fast in regards to fear, that this is something that pays more than most vocations. If you're very good on the phone, you can earn more than a lawyer and a doctor in Costa Rica. And I promise them they have my commitment to ensure that I give them all of their resources from the rebuttals to the script, to any sort of training that they need. So they are not unprepared when they're making the calls with the clients. And finally, what I do is I do have a gamification culture here. So I have created an environment of not only pinball and retro arcade machines, but it's a neutral environment, Mishan, where somebody can meet somebody from another department that they might've never met before. They can, they can let off steam. They can recharge their batteries. They can hang out with me at their balls and have <laughs> a good time. And I've even seen people fall in love by the air hockey machine. So this is a wonderful place where people can make friends. And you know this, the secret to any sort of business. If you have a, a friend there and a support system, the chances are you're going to stay there. Because Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so when do you come in stateside? Uh, when, when, are you going to open a call center in the States or are you... You're, you're happy with what you're doing down in Costa Rica? I, 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 I got to get you on a speaking tour. Yeah, I, I really, I really <laughs> like your energy, you know? <laughs> I prefer to have the call center here because of our competitive advantage in regards to price. Sure. In the United States, some people see a call center job as transitional mm. or they might look at it a certain way. I, I see it as the art of speech. Really, it just depends on what campaign you're on. If there is something that you feel like you're compromising your ethics, then you shouldn't be making those phone calls. Sure. But if you're working for a company where the list is good, people are receptive, they're qualified and they love speaking with you, uh, I think it'd be a very fulfilling job. But you know what, what I find the most amazing here is that since English is their second language, Michonne, mm -hmm. that I recommend the thesaurus so they can expand on their similes. So... It's, it's just really about a, a vocabulary development. I'll give you a, a great example. So we're on the phone with somebody, right? And instead of saying, you know, how may I help you? Um, that could create a ego defense or a rabbit hole. Minor, major, I don't know. I prefer to replace that word by using assist, guide, or lend a hand. Mm. I mean, just that simple change in the word can change the tone, change the pace. You're not backstepping, you're not fixing. And so just by increasing their vocabulary to a more strategic and diplomatic level, I've seen less talk times, higher conversions, right? And, and also they're getting much better scores in our quality assurance, quality control department, because not only do we gauge them on typical KPIs, Michonne, which are key mm -hmm. performance indicators, I, I grade you on qualifying you, but you and I, would be grading them on the special sauce, on the soft skills, yeah. on how many times I use a pronoun to keep your attention, name drop, use a rebuttal, yeah. clarify things with you, and use positive escalations in case I have been transferred to you to mention the individual assisting me prior to the transferred call gets a verbal and a written escalation. And so these are the sort of things, my friend, that will separate us yeah. from the other people that are prospecting these companies. You know, I was excited to talk to you because at the root of the, what I like about the, the call center model is it's a classic communications, you, you know, that that communication skill set uh, yeah. that you have to have 
uh, and you're, you're touching on a little bit, and that is, it's not even about being persuasive. It's about uh, learning to read uh, the voice tone, and to your point, using the right words to make that person feel engaged in, 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 in the right way. And it's this art of communication that, that I, I think maybe, you know, most don't appreciate about having to pick up that phone and really start a relationship with someone and, and speak to someone um, and, 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 and again, develop a relationship out of that, I guess. To me, it's actually quite simple. Mm -hmm. What I see after a while, Nishan, is that some people become plastic. They're a print, they're not a painting, they're too well rehearsed, they're too commercialized. They just go through the numbers and they'll, and they'll get their numbers, they'll get their conversions, they'll just never yeah. be an ape. I believe that somebody needs to be raw, okay? And they still need to have the essence of what got them into this in the first place. If you like, I could easily walk you and your audience through what a very simple prospecting outbound phone call would be, which could really put to bed a lot of these fears that people may have in regards to properly introducing themselves. Now, you know, I always believe that someone's attention span is 30 seconds to two minutes and any conversation has an introduction, a body and a conclusion. If you can't land the intro, you don't even have a body and a conclusion. So, so that doesn't even yeah. exist yet. So let's just say, hypothetically, I'm calling your company, the Street Smart Business Leaders. Michelle, let me ask you a question. Do you have an assistant that may be answering the phone or someone that works with you? I do, yeah. What is that individual's name? His name is Matt Emilio. Matt Emilio. Matt, okay. yeah, Matt Emilio. Yep. Matt Emilio, right. And so what Matt would be doing was, uh, I would be calling your company. And a lot of the times people be asking Matt how he's doing or asking to speak to you directly. I, I say, let's slow down for a second. You should use your anonymity in your first three seconds. So Matt answers the phone and goes, hello, Street Smart Business Leaders. I go, hey, how's Street Smart Business Leaders doing today? And so what I'm doing is I'm asking how the company is doing. Well, obviously Matt's gonna say, well, and second is I'm using my anonymity because you don't know who I am. I could be a client, your best friend or anybody. Right. And I'm saying the name of your company better than you. And immediately what would happen is Matt would like me and then say, oh, what is your name? Mm -hmm. We call that a buffer boomerang technique. When someone asks you a question, regardless of their tone, you need to buffer that tone, right? So he says, what is your name? I will buffer that tone by doing a name drop. Matt, that's an excellent question. My name is... Richard Blang, mm -hmm. I will buffer it. I will name drop you. I will say that's an excellent question. I will repeat the question to show active listening. And then I'll repeat it with a positive tone and a Richard Boomerang. And so that happens constantly. And yeah. so once again, Matt likes me. I answered his question. He's going to transfer the call to Michonne. And so prior to that transferred call, I'm going to say, hey, Matt, I just got to let you know, you did a great job. And when I speak to your boss, I'm going to let him know that. So I'm going to be giving the gift. He transfers the call. You answer the call. Hi, it's Michonne. How may I help you? Hey, Michonne, I just got to let you know, that's the greatest employee you got working for you. You're going to say thank you. I'm using my anonymity again, not for the whole call. That's shady. But mm -hmm. initially, my first impression is saying that. You're then going to ask me my name. Michonne, thank you so much for asking. Once again, my name is Richard Blank. So we're in the middle of a call. You're going to ask me another buffer boomerang question. Richard, you're interesting. I like you. What do you do? Well, once again, I'm so glad that you brought that up, Ms. John. This is what I do do. I do A, B, C, and D, but don't do desert pitching. 
because if you just run, there's no oasis for you to drink. I got a like a okay. dessert tray. I will mention okay. A and wait for you to react, B, C, or D. And let's say you like A. So what it happens is I take it from a horizontal to a vertical now, and then I start stacking open-ended questions for you before going to B, C, or D. And then at least I will say, hey, Michonne, I'm sure you like at least one. <laughs> so at least you're gonna tell me which one that you like for me to start mm -hmm. stacking. But here's where the tell signs come in because I'm meeting you for the first time. There's a lot of times you can make a, a noise or a reaction type, but then you were mentioning about matching someone's tone. And, and I'm with you on that, Michonne, but there's, there's a certain way that that could be manipulated that you have to pay attention to. Yeah. Phonetics can be broken down into four different sections. You have your tone, your rate, your pitch, and your duration. My suggestion is that you should have a consistent variable, which is your tone. That should always be empathetic and confident. That doesn't change. But then you say, Richard, what about the mirror imaging technique? I've heard it a thousand times. And, and I'm with you on that, but we're not doing any microexpression reading. What I'm doing is phonetic microexpression reading because in the call center, I'm in a controlled environment where I'm losing three of my senses. I'm losing my taste, touch, and smell. And the scientists say, Michan, that when you lose your some of your senses, the other ones expand. I expect your hearing to be expanded for active listening. And you should use your metaphysics in regards to your imagination and your image streaming when it comes to seeing the client. There's no reason why you can't expand on your adjectives and your descriptions with somebody, but we'll get to that in a minute. Mm -hmm. Your tone is consistent. And when you're speaking with somebody, I want to gauge every 30 seconds to minutes, your rate of speech and your pitch, your speaking level. Why? Because if you do a spike or a dip, Mashan, that is the time that usually I will ask you a tie down or a pin down question. If it makes sense or sounds good, right? These are checkpoints to move it forward. But then again, this could still be manipulated. So that's why I believe besides your tone, rate and pitch, your real tell sign, my friend, is the answering speed. It's actually silence. And so subconsciously, People have a very difficult time to controlling their answering speed. So that should be something for you to be able to gauge to see if that is consistent. So now we get to the conclusion of the call. And I would say to you, since you still have me on the phone today, Michelle, uh, do you have any further questions? You told me you liked A, what about B, C, or D? Oh, I like D, wonderful. I will start stacking that again. And then I will review any sort of information you have with military alphabet, why? Sure, you know someone that served, or you might have served. Mm -hmm. And of course, we're proud of that. And instead of ending a call quickly, now we're on the phone for the next five minutes talking about the military and Memorial Day weekend and how amazing the United States military is. But I'm still not done. Because when I follow up with you with an email, I'm going to talk about how great Matt was in a written positive escalation. So then when I call your company back to talk to you again, and he answers the phone, he's going to say, Richard, in the five years I've been working with, you know, street smart business leaders, you're the first person to ever give me a written positive escalation. Wow. And I go, of course, that's who I am. I'm going to transfer you right now. And the next thing you know, that's the Richard Circleman, Sean. It's not going to compromise ethics, values, and morals. But why wouldn't you make friends? Why won't you give the gift of that escalation to you about the amazing people that are working with you? I'm not, I'm not being slick. I'm not being clever. I'm using common sense and being polite in the way that you and I were raised by our grandparents and parents. Mm -hmm. And so I think if people have this sort of structure 
instead of making 100 phone calls a day, make 89. Spend another couple minutes on the call talking to someone. And, and let me share one last thing, because I know I'm doing a lot of my secret sauce. No, you're fine. You know that a people are working from home. And there could be a dog in the background, right, barking. And so my suggestion is to use the Me Too technique. You and I both love dogs. Mm -hmm. I say, hey, Michonne, I love dogs. You're like, yeah, my dog. What's your dog's name? Because it's barking. And you're going to go, it's Fluffy. Mm -hmm. Fluffy sounds great. So obviously you get the, you put Fluffy outside, you come back to the call. <laughs> Instead of me continuing my pitching, I'm going to anchor you. What do you mean? For the next couple of minutes, you and I are going to talk about your dog. And that's usually when you say to me, excuse me, what is your name again? I'm so glad that you asked. Not a problem to remind you, Michonne. Once again, my name is Richard Blank. And that's when you start name dropping me for the rest of the call. And so these are the sort of soft skills that your audience can use in order to increase their business, not compromise ethics. And they're gonna love you to death. Richard Blank, wow, thank you so much for that's I, I, Again, I, I think you could teach a masterclass. When, when you're ready, we'll do your PR for you. <laughs> so this Absolutely. has been a, a great conversation. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Richard Blank, Costa Rica's call center. Uh, again, thank you for dropping some pearls. I mean, I, the audience is really going to enjoy this and uh, take a lot away from it. So thank you for your time. I got my best today. You brought it out of me. <laughs> <laughs> And we're good. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. Do you ever get stateside? If, you, if you're in Chicago, I, I'd love to buy you a drink and, and catch oh, up. Yeah. My it's best really clients out. So much for listening to Street Smart Business Leaders powered by Cloud. Now, if you know someone who'd be a great guest for the show, please send them my way or have them go to cloudllc.com slash podcast slash apply and we'll take a look. If you got something great out of today's show, please let me know what you thought. Also, share it on social media and be sure to subscribe to the podcast itself. And again, the whole goal behind the podcast is to share experiences and insights so we can all develop and grow. So until next time, make every day your masterpiece. Take care.